Well, hey everyone. Welcome to episode 196 of F-Stop, Collaborate and Listen. This week on the podcast, I had a wonderful conversation with UK photographer Dan Cook. Dan won an award in the 2014 Landscape Photographer of the Year contest, which was quite early on in his career as a photographer. He works full-time in the construction industry and uses photography as a way to get into the outdoors and escape urbanism. Dan and I discussed some really interesting topics this week, including how he got into landscape photography, the challenge and dilemma of focusing your passion in photography into a full-time job, the psychological challenges within photography, social media's impact on photography, selling prints, and much more. Over on Patreon this week, Dan and I discuss his trip to Nepal and the incredible experiences that he had photographing that country. Okay, let's get to the show. All right, Dan Cook, thanks so much for coming on to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, man, I uh, appreciate you reaching out and uh, took a look at your work a couple months back when we first started chatting and really like what you're putting out there and Sounds like you have a really interesting story to tell, so I'm looking forward to this. Uh, thanks. I really enjoy the podcast, and uh, it's kind of surreal, but great to be on it. Cool. Yeah, man. So for people that aren't familiar with you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I'm Dan. I'm um, kind of late 30s now, and uh, I'm from the UK, so I'm in a city called Sheffield, which is kind of in the in the middle of the UK, and um right on the edge of the Peak District National Park here. Um, I've lived in this kind of area for most of my life, uh, so it's, it's familiar. If you want to picture it, it's kind of the rolling green hills, lots of farmland and, um, you know, kind of typical English scene in a lot of ways, a lot of sheep, a lot of cows, that kind of stuff. Um, but in the actual city I'm in, it's a little bit more uh, industrial in Sheffield, but um, kind of a great balance for me. And... Uh, I guess being right on the edge of the Peak District National Park is kind of what's often inspired my photography. Um, it's one of the be- most beautiful areas in England, so it's great to have uh, on the doorstep. It's definitely got me into photography and uh, keeps me inspired. Um, I guess I, uh, in terms of my job, it's uh, it's not photography, unfortunately, in some ways. Um, I work in construction, which is, a, is perhaps a little bit different. Uh, I, I work with kind of <laughs> finances and money and contracts and very boring, uncreative stuff. Um, so again, coming back to photography, that's definitely something which has uh, yeah, kind of provided a creative outlet for me. It's the opposite to that. Um, I was going to say... Don't don't knock Excel. I mean, I <laughs> consider myself kind of an Excel nerd, look, and you I can can't, like... you can you can create some pretty cool stuff in Excel. <laughs> no, look, look, people know I love a good spreadsheet. There's nothing better than kind of organizing something into a good spreadsheet and knowing where you are. Absolutely. But uh, it's just not sexy, is it? <laughs> no, and I, we'll talk we'll talk about this later. But um, for print sales, like I live and die by Excel. I I have like this giant spreadsheet where I have all of my print sizes and like I have all these formulas in there that just calculates everything for me it's it's actually quite useful <laughs> yeah yeah no it really is I mean uh, it's kind of a good skill to have for a lot of other things definitely but um, yeah it's also nice to kind of do something outside the box a little bit and uh, certainly involving the outdoors and things getting away from the desk and the screen absolutely 
Yeah. So, th- so it sounds like you started out just getting out into the countryside and I know, I know you guys in the UK use the term walks here in the United States, we say hikes. <laughs> yeah. I've never really understood the difference because it, I don't know, like when I think of walking, it's like walking down the sidewalk. When I think of hiking, it's like going up and down hills and mountains, but well, I digress. <laughs> but uh, So you were walking in the hills there in the Peak District, and, and then I, I'm guessing that that landscape kind of inspired you to take up the camera. Yeah. So uh, I guess a little bit further back than that, um, my parents always used to kind of take me to the Lake District here, which is another national park. Um, mountains are a bit bigger. Things are, you know, an- another kind of level up. And um, I used to get, at the time, I used to think I was kind of dragged up there because, you know, you'd be going to stay in a caravan or camping and it would be raining and pretty horrible. And it's kind of when you're a kid and you just want to play uh xbox or, or well, no xbox wasn't around then but you know you want to do other stuff it, it kind of always seemed a little bit um of a chore to go up there right but um and i think that you know kind of grounds you though in the outdoors and and as i got older and as i went uh, you know and moved away from home and went to university and things it was something that i really loved doing and being here like i say very close to the peak district i, I did i just started going out on weekends um I'd be working in London, Monday to Friday, total opposite environment and atmosphere. And on a weekend, I'd come back on the train and then I'd just go out on like an all day walk. Or the other word we use over here a lot is ramble. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more of an older term. Um, (laughs) So you go out on a ramble and I just pick a, you know, I just pick a, a bit on the map. And I just try and do kind of the longest walk I, th- I could think I could do to cover different areas and just see different different parts of the the kind of countryside around here. And um, you know, really enjoyed it. And just at the time, I, I can't even think if I really had a camera when I first did it. But um, it didn't take long for me to want to, you know, just even just a compact digital camera just to kind of capture what I was seeing and 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 be able to share it afterwards. You know, and in those days, it was literally just sharing it on Facebook to my friends and things like that. Um, And I think that is probably how the kind of photography crept into, yeah, the, the enjoyment of going outdoors. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty amazing marriage. If you think about it, I have very similar experience myself. I, back in late 2017, I decided to um, kind of rekindle my goal of climbing the highest hundred mountains in Colorado and, to, I had at the time I had like this digital camera I had purchased a few years before. It was a eight megapixel Sony camera, which was actually pretty cool. It was like eight eight to two hundred millimeters ice lens that was on it, and um, I started taking that on my hikes with me, and the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I mean, yeah, I think for me, photography crept in in uh, it's like really small steps, so. Initially, I think I was, like I say, keen to share those pictures and I probably wasn't even looking at other photographs and landscapes necessarily. It was just, I enjoyed doing that and sharing it and, you know, kind of other people would comment and say, oh, where's this? And, you know, just things like that would kind of, I suppose, make you think about it a little bit more. And then um, I actually did the thing where I brought my uh, girlfriend a gift, which was actually a gift that I kind of wanted to use as well, <laughs> <laughs> which was a, a little Sony compact camera. And um, I just, I tried to buy, you know, the best camera that I could. So I started reading a couple of uh, 
you know, more camera than photography magazines and um, probably websites and things like that. And, and just looking at the numbers, you know, looking at right. aperture, f-stops and it's just DP like, review probably, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. And just being like, I have no idea what any of this means. Um, and, you know, just you just, I guess you just, over time, you just experiment with it and you, uh, you know, if your interest stays in it, then you, you're going to learn that. And it, it just kind of spiraled from there for me. So after that, uh, you know, that camera basically became something I I used too much. And then uh, I got my own. Um, and uh, I think in, I'd say in sort of 2010, around that time, um, maybe 2011, I got, a, I got a small bonus at work, you know, just like 500 pounds, something like that. And uh, I decided that it was a good time to invest in a, an, you know, a proper camera, an interchangeable lens camera. Sure. And, uh, certainly from that point, the rest is definitely history. Um, you know, definitely a lot of money has gone outwards towards camera gear and things like that, as well as obviously then, you know, inspiring all sorts of trips and travel and, and um, you know, opportunities as, as well. And, and uh, I think that's, you know, it's, it's probably changed a lot of my um, outlook on life and things like that as well in those, you know, I guess it's 10 years now, that's that sort of time. Yeah. Well, let's fast forward just a couple of years past that. In 2014, you won a category in the UK Landscape Photographer of the Year in 2014. And I was curious, what, what did you win? And, and you had mentioned to me in your email that you felt like it was too early in your career to win that award. And I would really love to hear about that thought process because I, I think a lot of people maybe don't think about it in those terms. Okay. Yeah. So, um, ironically it was the it was the urban view category so um, okay. <laughs> yeah i've never actually had much success with the pictures that i want you know i kind of feel like i uh, you know the kind of things i i should be associated with but um <laughs> <laughs> that was um yeah it was so it's a picture in in sheffield of a kind of the one of the tallest buildings in the city um and it's it's it stands out because there's not many tall buildings over here um and it, it just as an image it's very sort of simple um kind of graphic view to it and, and a lot of people don't think it's a photo which i think is why it, it perhaps appeals um you know it looks like it's something else than it is and i think that kind of adds something to it um so yeah i, I won for that which um was maybe like the second year i entered or something like that and uh you know enjoyed it obviously there's a bit of a financial prize and you get to go and see an exhibition of the images and, and kind of meet some people so it was really uh, a great experience in that way um and it wasn't a bad experience in in, in any way it was just that sure. i suppose at that point i was still you know dabbling in photography as i would call it i was you know i was going through spells where i'd take pictures and then there'd be spells where i didn't really do much with it and i'd be taking a whole variety of you know of images of, of different things it's just that phase when you just want to shoot yeah. everything so you're shooting family friends and and your surroundings you know taking photos at work and, and and kind of everything and so um I, I guess the point on the um on kind of not making the most of that opportunity perhaps or it come in a little too early is that you then see maybe a couple of years years later or or people who won other awards that year where they were already in that position perhaps of having um more of a business around their photography so workshops and and print sales and, and that that side of it and perhaps they already had that 
in the back of their mind, even if they didn't have that business, they were closer to sort of, you know, wanting to take that step. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like I said, I certainly saw a few examples of other other photographers in it that that have used it as a bit of a more of a platform to go forward. Whereas for me, it was very much still just a kind of, oh yeah, you know, oh, that's a nice picture. I'll share that, and, and that was that was it really. <laughs> right, that makes total sense. I mean, it, it'd be like if I won something back in 2012, and I was trying to use that to promote my business today. That wouldn't make a ton of sense <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah 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 i mean I do, I do still mention it on all my bios and things you know once you've got it you can always say award-winning but uh, yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's getting a little bit out of date perhaps <laughs> right so do i mean obviously hindsight is 2020 but do you have any regrets about the timing of that i guess not regrets because it you know it, it's um it kind of is what it is you, you, you know if you take the picture and, and you like it and you submit it and it gets whether it's an award or you know just good feedback and things like that you know i don't think you sure. could ever really regret it um i guess it's just uh, it's just an interesting view on it perhaps that you know if if i enter a competition now perhaps i view it a different way and and i put more i would put more emphasis on trying to get that award or that win from it just because it, uh, i can see now perhaps more how it would fit into helping me promote the business and, and things like that. Whereas at the time, like I say, it was just, uh, I couldn't, I really couldn't believe it when I kind of got the email to, uh, to say I'd won cause I just, you sort of don't expect it at all. Yeah. Have you, have you ever thought about making photography your full-time job, like making your passion, your job? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I feel like these days there's quite a lot of, you see so many examples of other people doing it because of social media and certainly like Instagram and YouTube and that side of it that you, I think, um, yeah, I certainly feel almost pressure to try and do that, but I always kind of come back to the conclusion that it's just not something I can do for, you know, for a lot of practical reasons, really financial and, and walking away from something else, which is probably more, a little bit more secure. Nothing's that secure these days, but um, <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, but also the the older you get as well, it's harder because you. I think you also learn more about yourself and what you're good at and not good at. And mm-hmm. um, I'm pro. You know, I'm not a big risk taker. I'm not someone who um, is probably brilliant at say sales. You know, I'm, I'm a more I'm more introvert than extrovert, that kind of thing. And, and so mm-hmm. the idea of um, you come to realize what it takes to actually run a business as opposed to just do what you want to do. And there'd be a lot of things in there, which uh, I don't know if I'd have the self, uh, whether it's self-motivation or self-control to kind of say, right, I must sit down now and, you know, approach a, a load more clients or try and get this work or collaborate with this person to be able to put this project together. Um, I think, I'm not saying I couldn't, you know, I definitely couldn't, but I think they're, they're kind of doubts I definitely have, which maybe when I was 20 or something like that, I wouldn't have had because, you know, you're a little bit uh, less less aware of yourself and, and you're, like I say, what you're good at, what you're not good at. Well, it is scary, right? I mean, just thinking about, especially if you have, you know, it sounds like you're very similar to me, like you went to college and you probably had some student loans and, and like, ter- taking all of that work you did and then also having all that financial burden on your shoulders and then trying to 
make a career out of something that has almost no certainty just doesn't feel like a great decision. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've I've listened to a couple of podcasts. Um, obviously, your your one where you were, I think, interviewed yourself on here, and and uh, you're on the Candid Frame as well, I think. And uh, yeah. I heard you talking about something similar where you were in a position of, uh, you know, a change in job, and you kind of have that opportunity to do it, but it's not it's not always just a case of I'm passionate about this, so I've got to kind of do it. Sometimes there's there's <laughs> definitely other factors in the way. Right, like mortgage and kids and, you know, a family that depends on you. <laughs> yeah, 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 indeed. But from your point of view, do you ever think as well there's that side of it that you'd start to enjoy it less for what it is? You, you know, know I, I used to think that um, that would be a real problem for me. But uh, what I've found in the last couple of years especially is that I actually really enjoy the business side of photography. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of look to sales and things like that as kind of a challenge and something new to learn and uh, something 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 else to just, you know, make me a more rounded individual with more skills. But I, I think part of it, to your earlier point, is that huge looming fear of what if I don't, what if I don't do it? What if I can't pull it off? I think that's what holds me back is just the potential of failure, which honestly, failure is not a bad thing always. It's just when that failure results in you becoming homeless is when it becomes a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely definitely a bad outcome. Um yeah, I, I yeah. get what you're saying. It's it's if you try if you try something that means so much as well and, and it, it doesn't quite work out, then you know, it's not always easy to to kind of move on, is it, and know when to when to say, okay, I, I tried and I I uh you know, it wasn't it wasn't working. Whether that's for your, you know, down to your way of approaching it, or whether it's just external circumstances. Like if you'd have, you know, if if let's say I'd have tried to move into photography as a full time uh, career at the start of this year, then you know, I think I guess it would be easier to say, oh, actually, that was a bad decision. I'll uh, I'll try again another time. But uh, it's not always easy to to know when to stop something like that, is it? I guess. Right, and there's always like perception of what you see others doing as well that I think isn't necessarily a fair way of evaluating the situation. You know, you look at people that you think are successful and first of all, we have no way of really knowing if they're successful unless we can actually see their bank account. Yeah. Um, but also it's, I don't know about you, but it always seems like everyone else has, doing more than what I'm able to do with the time that I have. I don't, is that something that you feel like yeah, as well? Like absolutely. Especially, you know, this time of year when uh, it, it kind of feels like everything comes at, at once. And, and I, I mean, I, that's one of the things I always find when I see the people who are successful with like a YouTube channel is whenever I've tried to go out and shoot and also video any of it, I just find the whole process very like difficult to manage then and I never get around to I never have you know the time or perhaps you'd say I never make the time through motivation to then sit down and look at the footage and edit it and spend you know probably a day or so doing that and I think I'm always kind of impressed when you see people managing to run a YouTube channel and do you know print sales and launches and then release a book and as well as as well as constantly posting on instagram and that and, and yeah it, you do feel like how 
how is that possible? And, and could I ever kind of keep up with that? I don't know. Maybe they're all drinking lots of coffee and staying up till, uh, you know, late hours and things like that. I don't know. Maybe I'll go to bed too early, but yeah, it is. I always wonder that as well. It's like, um, for me, I feel like I've pushed the boundaries of what is possible for myself, you know, having a full-time job with a kid and a wife and, and, also a weekly podcast and yeah. trying to sell prints and all that. And I, I tried to do a weekly YouTube and I think I lasted three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have, I have so much footage that I've recorded that I haven't done anything with yet just because the amount of time required to actually put it together and get it out there was way more than I anticipated. Yeah. And I know other people have said, well, you should just hire somebody else to do that. But to me, it's like that, doesn't make a ton of sense if you're not actually making any money on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's not like I have a bunch of money sitting around that I can just put into something that doesn't make me money. No, no. And, <laughs> and you've got, I mean, compared to me, you've got, yeah, like you say, the kids, I, I don't even have that kind of at the moment that, you know, taking up any time and the podcast itself is, is something again, where I, I always think that's impressive to be able to just get that done, like say every week and, and kind of fit that in around full-time job and everything else so yeah I think like you say it does always feel like other people are doing more and that's part of what I'm talking about perhaps with the you feel that pressure on yourself because you see that it's possible but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes like you say you don't know whether it's really working out for people whether they're like stressed and you know struggling to keep up with it and 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 again I kind of come back to that that little point about Will it change how you think of the photography as well? You know, I, I suppose when I said at the start, it's, it is still for me very much a, a, a different avenue from sitting in front of a computer and do, dealing with spreadsheets and contracts and mm-hmm. things like that. It's a case of right, I can go out for a walk and I've got a, you know, I've got a skill and I've got something that I can think about and really get lost in to to mm-hmm. kind of to do. And it it like I say, it's, it's more of a release and I, I just wonder whether if I started trying to film every time I went out you know and, and share that with everyone whether it just becomes something else not necessarily you know in a bad way but it, it perhaps becomes something else from that right well and I think what you're trying to get at too which is what I've experienced is when you're trying to do both still photography that's enjoyable and soul like touches your soul and why you're doing it to begin with and you're trying to do the videoing and the vlogging, it's really hard to do both of those things well at the same mm. time. Like you you kind of, from at least my experience, you kind of have to commit to one or the other, but to do both at the same exact time is almost impossible yeah. in my experience. Yeah. So, and, and yeah. And I guess if, you know, if you want to do things well as, as well, don't you? You know, you want to produce a good, engaging, uh, beautiful looking, video at the end of it you don't want to just put something out to say yeah i'm a youtuber now so (laughs) that's where you know that's where the kind of time gets sucked up and and again you could it's a whole other skill so you could spend all your time and all your money on creating videos if you if you wanted to instead of uh, photography so again it's like a balancing act to to not go too far down that route I will say, though, that um, if you pay attention to kind of the wide variety of what's out there in terms of YouTube content, the vast majority of it, vast majority of it is not super high quality. It doesn't look 
super clean and polished and they still do fairly well. Mm. So I think, you know, sometimes we have this unrealistic expectation that our stuff has to be perfect. And where I arrived very quickly for my videos is like, as long as they look, as they're pretty good and I'm improving a little bit as I go, I'm pretty okay with that. But I think that's, that's a really hard thing to let go of, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you yeah. take pride in what you do and you want it to be as good as it can be, but sometimes, man, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, so, you know, back to, you know, the fear of jumping into it full-time as a, as a, as a full-time business. I think what I've realized is a lot of people, the way they've approached it successfully is they completely treat it as a business venture, you know, in terms of like getting capital and hiring people or hiring contractors to do parts of the job for them that they don't have time to do, like editing videos or managing their website or managing their social media or doing their marketing. I think making that leap from kind of where you and I are at in terms of like doing it part-time, but also having a job, making that leap psychologically is a huge, it's a huge leap to make. Don't you agree? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess it comes back a little bit to, to what I'm touching on as to why I enjoy the photography and, and, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily enjoy uh, business, I guess. I guess I do it, you know, <laughs> I, I, I do it as a part of the day job and things like that, but I wouldn't say I enjoy um I, it's it's weird to say but i don't necessarily enjoy making money like mm -hmm. you know as a motivation for something so it's hard to definitely hard to try and see how i would want to mix those two things entirely um and certainly then it, it in some ways it becomes easier to to separate the two and say right well i can do all this business stuff because at the end of the day i don't really you know this sounds bad if my employer is listening but you know what i mean i don't really mind if it doesn't work i can try i can still try my hardest and i can still try and do things the right way and you know and be professional and all that but it doesn't it doesn't affect me as who i see that i am in the same way mm -hmm. whereas i think if i i think to 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 then decide to to apply all that to to kind of yeah photography which is something that i sort of see as part of who i am i guess then uh you know again that's quite different um a different process and a yeah, maybe need a little bit. Uh, somehow you'd need to separate the two. I don't know how, uh, you know, mm -hmm. maybe that's different for different people. Maybe some people kind of see it as, yeah, I'm good at this. So I deserve to, you know, be paid for it and, and take it from there. And then there's that, maybe it's um, imposter syndrome a little bit, things like that, where, right. you know, yeah, I'm, I, you know, some people think it's good. Some, some people probably don't. And sure, the people that, sometimes earn the most money from photography aren't necessarily the best you know at taking a picture or anything like that it's, it is a lot there's lots of factors in it. it can be how hard you work like you say how good you are at the, the business side of things uh how good you are at marketing yourself sometimes a little bit of luck and things you know how good you are at networking with the kind of people that are good to network with and stuff like that there's there's a whole host of factors um definitely definitely hard to to leap from for me from one to the other and I, yeah it'd be interesting to know why that's different for different people but um you know maybe it, like i said like i touched on before maybe it's to do with 
uh, the other things in the back of your mind the, the, and where you are in life. You know, I, I feel like if I'd have sure. discovered a love for photography at the age of like 16 or 18 or, you know, <laughs> before you go down other routes, then it probably would have been different. You know, I'd have probably been so clear on having that route that other, I wouldn't have had the other experiences to kind of contrast, you know, compare it with and kind of think, well, yeah, sure, I could do that, but I've kind of, you know, I've got a little bit more security here and I can always afford to do a trip every now and again because of this and, and not have to worry about, you know, the two things being involved. I don't have to make the trip pay for itself or anything like that. You know, th there's all those kind of experiences you have that, that maybe uh, if, you, if you don't have that and you just jump straight in and you say, right, I'm going to be a photographer um, and, and off you go, maybe it's, Maybe it's easier, but I, again, I could be oversimplifying it a lot, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I don't mean to spend so much time on this topic, but it it's definitely hitting home for me because I've had lots of conversations with some of my friends who are not full-time photographers, but are incredibly gifted photographers who, you know, when they look at themselves in the mirror as a photographer, I think they're kind of sometimes disappointed in themselves because they haven't found a way to make it their full-time income, or maybe they're not willing to know, make the sacrifices they know they'll have to make in terms of like, when you go on photography trips, it's more than just having fun and, 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 you know, being kind of laissez-faire about it. Like you have mm -hmm. to take it very seriously because your income is dependent upon it. And I think uh, a lot of people really struggle with, that when they look in the mirror, they want to be known and appreciated and, you know, have, you know, have that success, which sometimes I think people equate to financial success, which doesn't always have to be financial success. But I think a lot more people struggle with this than, than I think people are aware, aware of. Yeah. And do you think, you see uh, the link between kind of the more we see it because of social media but just you know i guess online media generally as well you kind of see a lot more of it uh and a lot more directly kind of people share share well, the two things they share what they're doing as a business and it's that constant reminder that ah oh, maybe i should be doing a you know a book or maybe i should be doing this you know that kind of pressure from social media because every time you go on somebody somebody you admire their work and you follow their work but there there's always something that someone else is putting out that you're not <laughs> yeah i think the the trap that social media puts us in psychologically is that we typically only see the good things that are going on in people's lives like you know famous or quote unquote successful photographers often aren't also putting out their their what are they struggling with? Like, oh my God, I've haven't seen my family in four weeks or I haven't uh, taken a shower <laughs> in a month or <laughs> you know, like I or I I haven't like I'm not able to have a romantic relationship with anybody because I travel too much. I think yeah, yeah. those are the things that people typically don't share, which I think would kind of round out more of the holistic honest truth about what is actually happening in their life. So I think there's a lot of glamorization that happens in through social media that I think it would be good for us to all keep in mind that, you know, just because that's what people are showing us isn't really the full picture. Yeah, sure. And I think that's, that's perhaps been 
a little bit more obvious this year because of the the circumstances. I think you've seen more, um, perhaps a little bit more honesty on on, or, or you know, not necessarily honesty, but openness about uh, about people's situations with the impacts of not being able to travel and not being able, you know, not having as much work coming in and, and things like that. Um, although a lot of people have then diverted that to to other areas like releasing books and right. uh, print sales and things. So people are very busy. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Well, speaking of social media, I was curious how you feel like social media has affected your photography. Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's interesting. I I I think it's had a big impact in terms of uh, the style of my photography over time and it, and again it's something i'm not necessarily aware of straight away but as i look back on it and see the kind of images i was taking um i don't think it's necessarily that's just down to social media i think that's just generally the kind of you sort of visual diet and the kind of work that you're viewing and i know you know you've had these discussions before about the kind of digital celibacy side of things and that i think um, I think no matter what it is you're viewing it on, whether it's social media, whether it's in a magazine or a book, it it has an impact on on the kind of work you end up uh, producing. So, uh, social media has definitely had a bit of an impact for me that way. Um, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Uh, I think you know some of the images I look back on and think, okay, why was I trying to kind of go that far with the sliders in Lightroom um, just, to, <laughs> just to imitate, you know, in some ways, you know, another style of picture. Um, and I think, yeah, so I think other ways it's kind of good because you, you try different things, you experiment and you kind of, it opens your eyes in terms of shooting different subjects. So I, I guess when I first started um, with photography, I was much more focused on just the landscape and less of kind of people in the landscape and, and less of the stories around a day, you know, walking, rambling, hiking, one of those, um, any, any kind of, uh, anything surrounding the, the one image to some extent, or, or at least the, the image of the landscape. Whereas I think my experience certainly on, on things like Instagram has kind of opened, it showed that there's, there's more to, even that single image than just sharing that you can share your whole story, you know, behind right. it, you can share almost, you know, you can share yourself as part of it. You can share the trail you're walking on literally to get there. You can share the people that you're with um, and you can just share then other, other little moments from, from a, a day outdoors. And, and it kind of, yeah, it, it changes what you're, what you think is worth shooting to some extent as well, based on what you're, you know, what you're trying to, I guess it's not that you're always trying to emulate it, but what you, what you take the time to go and view from other people, generally you then subconsciously or consciously, you end up kind of uh, creating that somewhere down the line, I think. Um, yeah. So in terms of the, you know, I guess my images that way, but also on social media, it, it's been a, it's been a great tool to a point for um, making new friends, you know, especially, just that shared interest and being able to, you know, see it's in the early days on, on Instagram, it was, it seemed like quite a small community of photographers who were going out into the, like I say the Peak District National Park near me here. And you'd, you'd kind of knew you had that thing in common and you'd obviously 
comment and message and 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 then eventually arrange to meet up uh, back in the days when you could go out and meet people um, <laughs> right. without worrying too much um uh, so it kind of had a great impact there you know for a couple of years uh, there was there was kind of a group of us who were similar age similar uh like i say obviously similar interest in going out shooting locally with like landscapes and just general out outdoors kind of experience as well and um we went you know we got together and went on a trip to iceland which was just like a dream trip for me because it was 10 10 days just just focused on photography so everybody was keen to get up at sunrise and you know stay out all day and that kind of thing there was no real constraints on it um and and we you know I've done other trips since then uh, with a couple of those guys and it's been really good for that and then more recently I think it's 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 kind of gone the other way a few of those those guys almost avoid Instagram and social media now because I don't know why but you know in the same way I think a lot of people do you see it as yeah, well, what we touched on before you you kind of see it as a, a pressure and you see you see it that there's always this um, little bit of bragging and you know showing off and, and that side of it and it's not certainly focusing on instagram itself it's not perhaps what it was in terms of a photo sharing um platform not that it ever specifically was a photo share you know a photography platform it was always kind of more social i guess but um mm-hmm. yeah so it's, it's kind of a mixed a mixed experience i think for me it's definitely pushed me on in some ways with photography and like I say, meeting people and getting experiences that I probably wouldn't have had. Um, otherwise, you know, without some, some way of meeting like-minded people and, and Instagram and photography generally just happened to, to kind of be that, that avenue, I guess. Yeah. I, you know, with all social media for me, I think how you use it is really important. Um, and I think it's so funny because I'll get DMs from some of my friends like showing me pictures they saw on Instagram that they hate, you know, like, or they don't like the caption or like they hate what the post is about or whatever. And I'm like, just stop following those people. If it bothers <laughs> you, like, just, just cut that out of your life. Like, if you see that stuff from people, just unfollow them, you know, it's uh that seems to me like the most simplest approach is only follow the people that you actually enjoy their content or you, it doesn't make you feel like a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I, 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 I want to go back to what you were talking about before about all the, you know, all these huge accounts that are kind of storytelling and showing people in the environment and telling a story about their adventure or whatever. And I think, I think that style of photography is definitely something that's come out of Instagram. And I think if we're being, maybe this is just in my opinion, and maybe not a very popular opinion, but the thing with Instagram is is that it has made us the product. The people using the platform are the product, right? And so if if your account, and I know I'm going to piss some people off, but like if your account is just showing pictures of people on these great adventures and these idyllic scenery, like you're just, you're playing into that. You, know, you, are, you are the product. And maybe, and I'm not saying that's, I'm not judging that negatively, even though it sounds like it, but that's what you're doing. You're, you are selling yourself as a product and maybe that's okay for some people, but that's not what I want my photography to be. I don't want to sell me. Like, yeah, I want to yeah, yeah. 
um, or I don't want to sell an experience that other people can have or a product that someone wants me to sell. Like, I don't know about you, but I get hit up all the time by brands like, hey, we'll send you a free whatever if yeah. you put it in your post. I'm like, have you even looked at my feed? <laughs> like, I don't do that. <laughs> it's yeah. not something I do ever. No, um, I, I, get, I get a few like that, but um, I think, I, I don't know. I, I certainly don't get as many as other people I know. Um, and I don't know if that's because sometimes I do, you know, I do try and poke fun at that side of it. Cause I, I definitely like you. I don't, I, I don't want it to, I don't want those two things to be together. And, and I find it to some extent, I do find it strange that people are so um, happy to kind of become those, like they're, they're, they're like a, a walking advert in, in a lot of ways. It yes. feels like their entire presence, certainly on Instagram. And I know, again, that's just a part of their, you know their life and they might do that for a few hours a day and then nothing and do other stuff but it feels like yeah any opportunity they are prepared to sell what they do to somebody else to promote that product and and it and it, it, it ties back again to what i was saying about not wanting to necessarily link my photography all the time to to money or, or the financial side of it because for me yeah it, you know, I, I do it every now and again. If uh, sometimes, if I need a new set of filters or something, and someone's approached me and said, "Hey, will you try these out," I'll be like, "Yeah, okay." Um, you know, sometimes like that. But um, in general, I suppose that that's something I I do find. What what you talked about there, where people send accounts that they're kind of uh, ripping into someone else's post or photo or things. I suppose if I do that, it tends to be when people are promoting something which just seems like why you know why are you promoting this product and right. and, and and also why is why is like every other post now uh, a, a promoted product from that person who could be sharing anything else you know there's lots they're probably doing some great work but it's like every other post is trying to sell something and you get a you know a landscape photographer trying to sell antivirus software or something like that and you're just like <laughs> what <laughs> how are these well, two like, things like linked and i don't mean to disparage it too much i mean these are people that are just trying to make a living but you know it's i don't, I don't know that i could sleep at night if that's how i made a living it's like you have you've then made a transact your relationship with nature is now transactional right mm. like everything you do with a camera outside becomes a commercial of you and a product and I don't know, that to me just feels really just gross. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Um, I would never want my relationship with nature to be 100% transactional. I understand why people do it. I just personally can't ever see myself being able to do it from a, like I value nature much more than whatever product someone's trying to get me to sling. And I, yeah. I have promoted some products in the past, but they're products I really like. Yeah. You know, like that I use um, that are relevant to photography. <laughs> I'm talking more about people are like, hey, look at these. I'm wearing these yoga pants and I'm at Mesa Arch. Look how cool they are. Mesa Arch. Like there's, it just doesn't make any sense to me, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think I share, I share a lot of those views. And, and, and I would say as well, when I've tried to do it, when I've, you know, when I have had, a product or something to do i just don't i really don't I, it's almost like i don't not enjoy it. I, I almost dislike the process because oh very much it's just not why i 
sort of tend to photograph you know i tend to i want to get kind of lost in a experience and and one of those things where you know you go out for an hour and before you know it you just kept walking and three or four hours have gone and you've took 500 photos of things that yeah most of them you're not going to use but you just kind of get lost in that experience and mm-hmm. having something where it's like right i need to go and put this product in a certain place and try and get you know a, a composition that's going to work on instagram not even necessarily work as a, a you know as a photo beyond perhaps a square crop or something you know and, and you know really you really have to dissect what you're doing then and i don't think that um like i say that's not anything i enjoy about photography i don't really enjoy i guess to some extent I, even in shooting landscapes sometimes if i overthink it i don't really enjoy it you know if i kind of really think about uh the whole process of must get that foreground that middle ground that you know that horizon shot and those kind of uh those kind of things dissecting it too much thinking about it too much i know for some people that's that's something they really enjoy about photography that it's kind of a slow careful process but um Mm -hmm. i'm not sure that you know applies to me I, i i kind of find it's either i'm either lost in it and i'm out there just shooting everything that's going and, and kind of, you know, just enjoying it. Or mm-hmm. uh, I don't tend to come away with much if I don't, if I don't approach it that way. Yeah. You're just reacting to what you find. Yeah. 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 yeah totally. You know, it's, um, it's interesting. I think that question of why you're making a photograph, I think really changes your relationship with the landscape. It changes your relationship with the craft. It changes your relationship with yourself in terms of why you're, what, what you're even doing as a photographer. You know, you think about people that are like, why am I here at this location making a photograph to sell a product that definitely changes your relationship with that place, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And I don't necessarily think it's a great relationship, no, but that's I, maybe that's just me. I don't know. Like I say, I think for me, it's more the fact that I've never really come away with images I enjoy if I've tried to do that, you know, as sure. much. And I think that's so. I, so again, it might work, and there might be a different skill in that. Perhaps it's a skill, you know, I don't have where you can you can pull all those things together and kind of do it on demand. But um, I guess the images I enjoy are the ones where it's it's an experience that I have been there photographing rather than. I've gone there to find that certain experience, I think. Yeah, well, and you've had some extensive experience with this sort of thing, right? Because you did a trip around Europe um, for Panasonic and Eneloop or something like that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, last year. Again, it sounds mad now because now we couldn't travel anywhere. But uh, then we had free reign to spend, yeah, a whole month in uh, in Europe um, we were in an electric car, which was kind of part of the the deal, if you like, to show that you could do uh, some some long distance journeys and travel in electric cars. And uh, we were we went to the Alps, the Dolomites. Uh, we were sort of in Slovenia, in Poland, um, parts of Germany. So we really did travel all around, and it was uh, ultimately it was for charity. So um, Panasonic and Eneloop were obviously promoting their products alongside what we were doing and uh you know part of their brand awareness but but at the end of it they donated i think it was like 21,000 euros to different charities um cool. so it was kind of a you know that i suppose that's why i, I did it um, because it wasn't about 
here's our product you you know here's some f- photographs to go along with it and, and go and buy it. it was it was a it was a different thing but as we know brands generally have you know a, a wider kind of um they use other tools to kind of build awareness and things like that so it was part of that but it was um it was a great experience you know i got to places i wouldn't have gone to probably couldn't have you know afforded to to get to and probably couldn't have had a, a whole month traveling in that way um the end goal each day or each week really was to come up with a photo to to share and it was a competition between three teams who were traveling in different areas um and and yeah you had to you had to take the photo you thought would get the most likes on instagram basically so everything <laughs> i've just said <laughs> i kind of contradicted some way that i went and did that um but uh well what, what was that like for you um, you know, it's hard to separate too because in, in, obviously I enjoyed the experience because I was in, you know, in these amazing places like sunrise in the Alps oh. and things like that. So like, that's what I want to be doing anyway. I, I would, you know, I'd pay good money to go and do it. So to kind of have at least costs covered for doing it was, was always going to be, uh, you know, an experience I loved. Um, I guess, I guess part of it comes back to that whole idea though of having to kind of shoot on demand. It was hard you think you'd be motivated to do it every day, but it was actually quite hard to uh, to think, right, we've got to plan out and find the next best location that's going to be, you know, a popular photo, not just, oh, that place sounds interesting. Let's go and, you know, check that out and see what's there. It, it kind of always had to be, right, we need to go to uh, Lago de Breas or wherever in the Dolomites, you know, somewhere that is guaranteed to, to get likes on Instagram, basically. Um, and that, that was hard to get motivated for because it wasn't, you know, it, like I said before, it felt it felt forced. It wasn't a natural experience. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to know too much how I felt about it because on the one hand, I loved it. On the other hand, I kind of, like I say, contradict what I said before in that I was, I was out there shooting for, I guess, for another purpose, not just for my own enjoyment so uh mm-hmm. yeah it's hard to know at this stage because it was like a year ago you'd think i might know but it's hard to sort of reflect on it and think um what it was like and plus i haven't even got around to editing most of the images yet so <laughs> well i think you know if your goal of making a photograph is to get likes on social media it definitely changes the artistic process yeah yeah and and i think I think being honest, that there's always a little bit of that in the back of your mind whenever you shoot anywhere, you, obviously because you're always trying to get a good image and, and, you know, a good image should be a good image on any any outlet, whether it's to go in a book or whether it's to go on social media. So there's always that in the back of your mind that where you are, you want to make a good image. I think it's it's also that part of going to a place for that, if you like, that's that's perhaps different. Totally. I don't know if you, you, know, you think that. So, um, I mean, I've... I've always struggled with, you know, having that as a even a a value an evaluation in my mind when I'm making a photograph is will people like this on social media? I used to think about that all the time. In the last couple of years, I've really purposely tried not to think about it, although of course it still comes into your mind a little bit, but um cuz I know lots of times I'll make a photo and I'm like no one is going to like this. And you have to be okay with that, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah. it sucks that that's even a question that comes into your mind. <laughs> well, I know, I know. I think that's that's just human. I can't imagine that's specific to photography, though. I think, you know, there's always totally. that desire to fit in and, and try and, you know, impress people right. and all that kind of thing is always there. It's, um, I think sometimes in, in, certainly in landscape photography, perhaps it's a little bit too, uh, too far the other way in trying to dismiss that entirely. I think, yeah, it's always going to, it's always going to be there. I think for a lot of people, if you, if you dig really deep down, like I say, it's always in the back of your mind that you want to, you want to create a good image, but it's, it's, uh, like you say, not having it in the forefront of your mind and not being why you do it. It's, it's part of the, you're out there, you're in, you're doing something you love anyway. And then you apply a skill of, which is, you know, right. I know a bit about photography. I know, you know, how this works and how to do this and try and create something that is a, a good image. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, I say, I feel like it's, uh, I've, I've kind of contradicted myself entirely with that journey. And I suppose that is, that is one outcome from it is that I feel a little bit conflicted having done that trip. Um, I don't think I could have, uh, you know, it, it would have been difficult to turn it down and say, you know, having applied to it and kind of say, right, do I not want to spend a month traveling around Europe? And there was no real, you know, agenda. There was a few stops we had to make, but it wasn't like someone was telling you what to shoot or where to go. So you kind of had that freedom to to go to wherever you wanted to go. It was just that the end goal was always to come up with a photo that, um, and I guess you could have you could have posted any photo. So maybe I created that, uh, you know, that demand on myself to, or not just myself, but the other guy I was traveling with as well. You know, maybe we both kind of created that demand that, right, we need to get likes. So we need to go to this particular place. Maybe we fell into that trap and we could have posted Mm -hmm. absolutely anything else. And maybe it would have got more engagement or or not. Um, it's a difficult one, but yeah, in, in some respects I did have, um, I kind of got a couple of messages while we were doing it as well with people kind of saying you know kind of questioning the trip and and what it was achieving and things like that which uh, like i say maybe it's something that's difficult to kind of you know uh what's the word it's difficult for you to accept that you can think both ways so having on the one hand said that instagram is perhaps a little bit too much about promoting certain uh products all the time and it's also about going to the right places and not necessarily just enjoying it to then have done that trip maybe that's part of why i kind of feel it's a mixed it's a mixed experience from it yeah i know i'm glad you said that because i find myself kind of stuck between those two places all the time in terms of different philosophical things that that i grapple with in terms of like location sharing or um, teaching workshops and, you know, things of that nature. It's like, it, it's hard to, it's hard to walk that fine line between doing it ethically and in a way that you feel is to your personal standards in terms of kind of what your values are, but then also actually making a living as a photographer, if that's what you really want to do. It's, it's a very difficult line to walk. Yeah. Yeah, and in some ways, it's a, I guess it's it could be seen as a luxury as well, you know, a luxury oh, to be able to, to do that and worry about it and, and you know. Right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, we agonize over it because we, we're passionate about it, I guess, but um, if it really came down to it, yeah, it's, not, it's perhaps not that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other topic I wanted to talk to you about, because it sounds like we have a lot to talk about there, is um, selling prints. So I know that, um, you know, you said 
photography is not your full-time thing, but you do like to monetize it. I'm guessing probably to help offset some of your costs as a photographer, but also I'm curious that, you know, sometimes just the fact that you can sell prints, there's kind of a fulfillment like in your soul that, Oh, like people do like my photography. You know what I mean? So I'm <laughs> curious. What is, uh, what is selling prints doing for you? Yeah. So, um, I guess it started around the, the time of the, the competition when, um, that we talked about earlier. So, that was the first time I think anyone kind of emailed me out of nowhere and said, Oh, really like this photo. You know, are you selling prints of it? And, um, at the time I was like, well, yeah, I can do. Um, but I didn't have any background in it. I didn't, you know, I didn't know how I should be doing it. So I kind of just thought, right, I'll do, you know, a limited edition of a few and, uh, this size and, and that was it. And then I, I kind of, I guess I left it for a little while after that, but it was always in the back of my mind then, I think, to to consider doing that. And um, I, I've i done all the reading. I've probably listened or read some of the same things I think I've heard you mention before as to kind of how to sell art and landscape photography. Um, but I never, I suppose at the moment what I do, is, you know, I've got, got a website that sells prints, um, I've got an Etsy shop that sells prints, which was kind of um, a rare good move, I think, for me um, a little maybe four or five years ago mm-hmm. um, to get into a different marketplace. Yeah. And um, and then I also sell at uh, kind of local, you know, art fairs, local fairs, things like that. So, um, uh, you know, maybe not this year because uh, they've all been cancelled, but in, in previous years I might be doing like, you know, 20 30 of those those fairs as well selling prints so it's become something that probably takes up a little bit too much time alongside the photography um but it's definitely that is something that gives me a, a lot of motivation uh, a lot you know with, for my photography so it's it's um i suppose it's an outlet that that i think is quite it is a really uh, easy one for me to to get motivated by and mm-hmm. I think that's because there's something tangible at the end of it. So it's not, uh, yes. it's not just sharing it online and getting some likes and then, yeah, maybe you get sent some free stuff. It's, it's not that it's, it's more of a, I can still love that image. And if somebody else loves that image or just loves that place and you know, that's, that's a, a photo from that place and they've got memories from that place. It really ties in well with the, the experience thing I was talking about again earlier, it's, you know, I can have a great experience there, capture hopefully a good photo there. And then somebody else ends up with that on their wall. That's like, a you know, for me, that is the perfect way to, if I'm going to monetize photography, that's the perfect way to monetize it. Um, so I think that's, that's where I am at the moment. Um, and I, yeah, I kind of, things are building up, you know, it's kind of becoming, busier and busier um and i and i kind of make myself busy with it with busy with it busy with it which i think is good um so, so yeah it sounds like it sounds like uh for you um selling prints is more about just having like a tangible end product that helps keep you motivated to continue to create more work versus you know trying to maximize your your bank account numbers which i think so first, is that is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'd love both, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, would, you wouldn't yeah. mind it if uh, I wouldn't mind you know. it, but yeah, I, I, um, I, uh, yeah, I, yeah, 
it's it's not something that I'm I'm strong and necessarily keen on like marketing in certain ways, you know, to to kind of make it again like uh yeah. I'm not sure I lost my train of thought on that one, but it's it's not something that I want to put um pressure on people all the time to say this is what I do, buy it, you know, make it a huge business, but um mm-hmm. It's definitely a, a motivation to to do something with the images I've got. You know that that kind of uh, if it's not your job, and if you're not you know trying to become sort of famous online or anything like that, then then it's that it, it's something to motivate you to to sit down, edit some photos of you know in uh, in places that you love and that you think other people might love, and then share that. Mm-hmm. And, and do something specific with those images so they don't just sit on your uh, hard drive. Um, right. Yeah. So uh, so it's definitely more that. And uh, I guess the well, time. I, Go on. I, I don't know if you struggle with this or not, but I know I do in terms of, um, you know, I think marketing yourself as a photographer to to make a lot of money on it does require a lot of effort and kind of a different mindset. And I think, Sometimes, for whatever reason, thinking about what that would take makes it feel like you have to be kind of egotistical, you know, like, mm. like look how awesome I am and look how amazing my photography is. And that just feels kind of gross to, to me anyway. And I know I don't, I've heard a lot of other people say like, yeah, I don't like talking about my, my work in that way. Like I'm proud of my work, but I don't want to talk about it in a way that that makes it feel salesy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you're, yeah, you're making you it something more than it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely do. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I think I, you know, I guess in some ways, online, you know, an online um, marketplace for it is ideal because it's just there, and you, you kind of, you, you write it once, and yeah, you can point people to it, but you don't have to. Um, I, I think I listened to one of the podcasts where you had a couple of guys on who were. Um, I, I'm going to struggle to remember who it was now, but um, there was two of them on the same podcast, and and one of them was definitely a Sony ambassador because they kept mentioning that. It was Colby Brown and Aaron Reed. Yeah. So um, one of the guys there was talking about the way you know, obviously, probably a different league of print sales in terms of kind of value and, and, and things like that. But he was he was effectively um, dealing directly with you know collectors and people who he was either chasing them up or they were getting in touch with him and that kind of real sales process. Um, And I found that, like you say, it's really interesting that that people can see it that way and that they view their work in that way. And I think it's it's healthy because they they clearly value their work in perhaps a different way, whereas I think I'm – I guess I'm a little bit more passive with it insofar as I want to put it out there, but I'm not going to go chasing – you know, wealthy people that live near me and saying, Hey, uh, I took this photo of, uh, somewhere in the peak district, you know, and, and, uh, you've, you should come and buy a massive version of it. I, I'm not going to perhaps do that. So yeah, I think that's, that's, you know, there's, di- there's definitely different ways of doing it. And I, I constantly think I'm probably missing out by not doing that, but <laughs> yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough one because I think in order to make it full-time just selling prints, you definitely, I think, I mean, there's really probably two approaches you could take. One is kind of 
volume and smaller stuff that costs very little that you're making a very high profit margin on, but you have to produce a gob of it and have like tons of distribution networks, like, like you were saying, Etsy and art fairs and, and all kinds of different outlets like that, which to me sounds incredibly exhausting. Or you have to market yourself as selling kind of this luxury product that, which is what Aaron has done. In fact, he just put out an article where he said he sold $500,000 in prints through the pandemic, yeah. Yeah. which is impressive. <laughs> yeah, that would be, uh, yeah, <laughs> that would be incredible. But uh, I don't but, know whether I mean, that's, that's also part of the marketplace because I don't, I, I, you know, I think in the, there's, a, there's a difference in print sales in the US and the UK as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that, that's another interesting part of the equation as well. Yeah. I think different marketplaces. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you're not making a ton of money, but you find the process of creating prints and selling them to people at a lower price, if you find that to be rewarding, who cares, right? Like that's more power to you, man. And if you, on the flip side of that, if you sell your prints for, you know, $5,000 and you're putting in tons of effort on the marketing side of things and you have, you're able to talk about your work in that way, and you find that to be rewarding, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and again, I think it comes down to who who you are. Just, you know, different people have different strengths and things like that. And um, I think for me, I've I've wanted to keep it as something which I can do from anywhere that doesn't, um, you know, while I was, I suppose, in one of the few clear moments I had with it, with a plan, I didn't want to be um, constantly having to spend time doing the printing myself and right. going down to the post office and being, <laughs> you know, right. and doing all that side of it. So although I wanted to, you know, obviously do princess, I wanted to make it something that I could always do alongside a full-time job or if I was traveling and things like that. So I've, I think I, where I've been successful is being able to set it up in that kind of way. And, mm-hmm. and I guess as a goal for me is like, if, if at some point, even if it's through more volume than, um, than you know high pricing if i could get to a point where on a monthly basis it kind of equaled the the net salary that i'm getting from the day job then at least it might give an option then to kind of do one more than the other um it doesn't have to be like five hundred thousand dollars necessarily to to kind of still be enough to pay the mortgage and that kind of thing totally which i think is what really all people want is like they don't want to become rich they just want to make a decent living <laughs> yeah 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 for um, sure and that's where social media is you know is a real positive if you can if you can find a way to keep it natural and still promote your work I, there's a few there's a few people i follow that have done it like brilliantly mm-hmm. you know um people that if, if it's uh there's some other people near me in sheffield that kind of do guidebooks for places sure and it's mostly photography and you know they've they've put a lot of effort and, and process into getting that book designed um, and sold, and they you know they look beautiful and that kind of thing. And they've because they've got that audience on social media, you know, I'm guessing yeah they they can sort of earn tens of thousands from selling that that book every every year or something like that. So there's again it, there's there's ways of doing it without being too pushy. I think just by sharing who you are and what you love online and and you know trying to keep at that keep it the stuff that you uh, you enjoy doing and hope yeah. that people can tag along. No, that's that's brilliant. I'm curious, have you found that uh, 
knowing that you're going to sell your photography, has that changed how or what you make photographs of? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Um, I guess sometimes there's been the odd trip where I've gone to certainly Scotland, which is obviously uh, somewhere one of the sort of best places within reach of here. And it's really popular for prints in the UK Mm -hmm. and in the US and lots of places like that. So I have had trips where I've gone again to specific places up there because it's like, I haven't got a shot of that alongside, you know, some photos of Glencoe or the Isle of Skye in Scotland. Um, And I need a, I need a photo of that place really just to kind of, because yeah, it might sell some prints. So it definitely has influenced, uh, some of that to some degree yeah mm-hmm. less so less so less so the style of what i shoot but perhaps more the place that i go to i think is that because of it's informed by what you see people buying from you or what is what is informing that choice yeah so i think because uh, on, on that specific one because i've seen that i think the prints i sell the most of are of scotland then i guess it's it spurred me to specifically go there and specifically tick off a certain few locations because I think, yeah, I can add, I can add to that collection then. Um, whereas the stuff that's closer to me here is, um, you know, is more, is just popular here to, to kind of a, a local audience. So, uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't stop me doing that at all, but in terms of making specific trips, then, um, there's, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's only happened once probably. I think every other time, it's been i've just i've just put prints out there from places that i've been anyway um and and i still i'll still do that because I, I again because i just enjoy the idea that somebody out there you know whether it's the place or the photo that they enjoy it enough to to buy it and put it on the wall or give it as a gift so even you know places like uh, this island like Madeira in Europe and places like that which don't re- you know i can't imagine there's much of an audience for those prints but still the fact that mm-hmm. every now and again somebody does come along and and buy one is is still very rewarding and you know it kind of makes a little connection with someone else yeah. through your photography yeah i think uh it's a very um thing to be aware of as a photographer that if you sell prints is is if you're making an image because you think it'll sell i think sometimes that can impact the creative process at least I've heard other people talk about that. And I know for me, it definitely impacts the creative process. Like I know in the past I've gone to places or when I'm making a photograph, I'm like, this is going to sell. But maybe if I didn't have that as a motivation, it may have led to different creative opportunities, which may or may not have sold as well, but still creates a different piece of art. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's an interesting thing to just be a, conscious of wrong answer but i think being conscious of it can definitely help yeah and and it's it's very similar to what we talked about before as well with you know going to certain places because it's going to get likes it's just a in some ways it's a different uh it's a different outlet for the same motivation if you're not careful and that's where yeah like you say it's definitely something to keep keep in mind and um yeah, it's not like I say. It's sort of for me. I've only really done it once. The rest of the rest of the time, I'd I'd want to go to those places anyway, and I'd definitely sure. be just shooting uh, whatever 
catches my eye and then totally. eventually <laughs> eventually get around to sharing a few if uh, if I think they might be interesting. <laughs> no, I think that's a healthy approach for sure. Cool, man. Well, wrapping things up, I'm curious, who would you uh, recommend for our listeners to have here on the podcast? Yeah, sure. So um, one of the guys who's someone whose work I've recently discovered, it's uh, a guy called Kevin Russ. Um, and uh, he, as far as I know, he shoots everything on iPhone and built up quite a, you know, quite a big following on Instagram, but it's very much American West photography, but really like clean, you know, clean, natural looking imagery, imagery, which I really like. Um, I think I saw one article where he's described as the iPhone Ansel Adams or something like that, which uh, is quite interesting. So he might be interesting to talk to. Um, there was, a, there's a, there's a, um, a fine art photographer from the UK called Ellie Davies, who shoots a lot of woodland photography. Um, in fact, I think entirely woodland photography and, um, it's, it's combined though with other things. So it's taking landscape photography and then she'll, she'll have, uh, man-made elements to it, like fire and smoke and, or almost create like false trails in the landscape. And um, for me, that's like a huge, it kind of opens up a whole area of, of creativity that would be interesting to to talk about, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and there's, an, there's a guy called Tom Hegan who does aerial photography and it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's similar to the aerial photography that people might be familiar with from the likes of Hans Strand and, and things like that, but also other, other things like he, he photographs airports from above. And it's just fascinating to see the patterns and the textures and things you can get out of it. And, and almost every one of his images just works amazingly, like in a frame, if you know what I mean. He's, yeah. he's someone who really knows how to work a frame to create something that's just graphically appealing. Um, so it's landscape photography, but it's, it's yeah, it's uh, something that's really inspiring to me. Um, so, yeah, I guess there, there are a few. Cool, man. Well, thanks. This has been a lot of fun. I know we we definitely meandered through a variety of topics, but I really had a great time chatting with you, man. Yeah, no, thanks a lot for having me. Definitely, uh, definitely a lot to talk about always, but um, I really enjoyed it. All right. Well, thanks to Dan for joining me on the podcast this week to talk about your journey and for letting me ramble on about social media and all those other things. You're a great sport, my friend. Keep up the wonderful work over in the UK, and I'm excited to see where your work takes you next. Well, in case you missed it, the podcast was featured in the January 2021 issue of Podcast Magazine. It was was an honor to be interviewed by their arts director, Angel Hartwell, and to share the story behind the podcast and why I do it. It was a great reminder of how appreciative I am of the support I receive from our patrons over on Patreon, as well as those of you that donate to the show via PayPal on my website. As we approach the episode 200, after nearly four years of recording, I feel very proud of what we've been able to accomplish as a community here on F-Stop Collaborate and Listen. That's all thanks to you, the listeners, and our amazing guests. I hope we can do this for another 200. Cheers and Happy New Year. Well, that's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.